And right where I left off last week was nothing else matters. What am I talking about? Nothing else matters. It's right out of Luke chapter 6, verse 43, which I didn't give that in 44, which I did not give you guys in the back, which is kind of stupid because I'm leading off with it, which is right here in my notes, but oh, they got it. Good job, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you. Maybe I did put it down. I don't remember. Let me check. It's right here. Oh, I did give it to you. There we go. There we go. How do you judge, how do you judge everything? How do you judge everything? By fruit, which is the word, by the way. Some of you are mumbling word, and I know some of you are afraid to answer. Because <laughs> I asked one time, I said, who was the greatest king in the history of Israel? And everyone shouted out David, which is wrong. And, I, and then I yelled at you about it for about five minutes, <laughs> including please read your Bible. Everyone's just pre-programmed, David, David. No, it was Josiah. There's been no greater king before him, which was David, and no, great, no greater king after him. Why? Because he tore down all the high places and nobody else did. He tore down every high place. Now, here's the thing. What really matters? If you're going to judge anything, Tom, you're not allowed to judge. How many of you know that's wrong? That's incorrect unless Romans chapter two, verse one, you are doing the exact same thing. Otherwise, you are to judge, John 7, 24, Jesus speaking, with righteous judgment. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, 1 Corinthians two fifteen. How many of you are taught you don't judge? Right? They're wrong. Whoever told you that was wrong. You say it out loud, they were wrong. That's it. You are to judge all that matters is fruit. That's all that there is. If you're wondering, you know what, am I doing the right thing or am I doing the wrong, right? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I following the right person? Am I following the wrong person? It's all about fruit. How do you know whether you are following the right or wrong person? Look at their fruit. I remember following a pastor one time and I was thinking his life is an absolute disaster. Everything that he does, I did the opposite. I shouldn't be following that guy. Hey, Ty, turn me down just a little bit because I'm gonna like start rocking this and then I just feel like I might, you, you guys judge back there, but I feel like I'm gonna peek it out if I'm not careful. I'm having to actually talk quieter than normal because I'm actually scared of the sound system. It sounds so good, but I'm not used to that. I mean, I am used to it now that we've been in this building, but I'm not used to it after... 20 years of this because about 15 out of the 20 years, misery, absolute misery. Thank God for good sound people we have now. But all that really matters is fruit. What are you producing? Are you right? And listen, I mean fruit. You, uh, you don't look to the inside of the trunk. Oh, I feel really good on the inside. Doesn't matter. I'm really progressing in my mind. I'm really progressing in my feelings. That doesn't matter. What is the fruit? Well, Tom, I'm 70 years old, I'm 80 years old, I'm 20 years old. None of that matters. You should be producing fruit. Evidence that you are saved. If you are not, here's the verse, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, we're at Luke 6, 43 and 44. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. And if you go to Matthew 12, 33, either make the tree good or make the tree bad. So you decide whether or not you're going to produce fruit or not. Fruit means miracles. 
Fruit means souls. Fruit means influence. Fruit means when you walk into the room, things change. Fruit means anointing. Fruit means your kids are saved. That's fruit. I mean, legitimate fruit. Not, you know, I'm coming to a greater understanding of grace. Which always usually means the person is now welcoming sin back into their life, which it usually starts with cussing again. Yeah, those of you that have ushered back in cussing, remember when God told you to stop cussing when you first got saved? A lot of times that's everybody's first conviction. It was mine. It's my first conviction. And now I've come to a greater understanding of grace so the F-bomb comes back in. So God has now changed his mind. For I am the Lord, I change not. Malachi 3.6, but now God has changed. It's like God has called many people to this church and then God changes his mind because you got offended. A nerve got worked, so God changes his mind. A tree is known by its fruit. You're like, well, Tom, I'm not saving any souls. You should be. Why are you not? Yeah, you have not because you asked not. You're not asking for souls. You just, you, listen, a lot of Christians, they're just stumbling by, going from one church to the next, one church service to the next, and never actually looking and judging their fruit. And I've told you before, many people build Ezra poles and monuments to what they once did, which is very, very much, just as much idolatrous as anything else. You know, I remember that day of the great revival. Okay, that was 47 years ago, and you're now 65. Why in the world are you still talking about that? Where, what about the souls now? Listen, if everybody in here was activated, we would have no empty purple seats in here. None. And people answer this, and I think it's because people want, it's like when people take a personality test. They answer the way that they want to be, not how they really are. So when I, when I pray, when I ask people, how many of you pray that God would open up the doors for you to share your faith? People, oh, I do. I, well, if that was the case, we'd have fruit. God will open the door for you to share your faith in some form or fashion. It could be somebody coming up to you stricken with cancer. You lay hands on them and they are made well. You just shared your faith. It could be just simply you praying for open doors. Pray as Philemon 1.6. Pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Christians don't do it. They're just coming to a greater understanding of grace. With no fruit, no salvations, no miracles. Tommy, you talk about this all the time. Yeah, we'll start producing. I'll shut up. I promise you I'll shut up. When there is not enough room to contain the power and the miracles and the souls then I'll shut up. I'll preach about something else. And by the way, see, I don't, as you heard me say many times, I don't go, there's an AI sermon website that Aaron sent me. You can now go onto AI, <clears throat> artificial intelligence, which I call asinine idiocy. <laughs> AI. Some people are stuck in AI. You can go to AI right now and you can have a sermon. Just print it out for you. I, I pray over these things so God's giving this to me for us. Not just for you, but for us. 
For me, for you, and for everybody else in this room, this, this message has been given to you. Verse 44, for every tree is known by its fruit. That is your soul identity. You're not known by the trunk. You're not known by the branches. You're not known by the inner juices that go throughout the vines and the branches. You're known by the fruit. Some of us, that would be our label. And you think that I'm coming down on you. This is just as much about me as it is about you. Just as much. Very fervent amen in the back on that. <laughs> I judge myself by my fruit. I don't, I don't like that this building is not full of people. Yeah, there's seven, 800 people in this building today. But I don't like that it's not full. That's my fruit. It's your fruit too. I don't like it. What are you going to do about it? You have not because you ask not. But you are known by your fruit exclusively, not your feelings. Not your conceptions and not your thoughts. See, so many Christians roam around throughout their whole life thinking of themselves because they're living in AI. Asinine idiocy. And there's no fruit. If you are calling yourself a prophet, where's the prophecy? If you're calling yourself an apostle, where are all the churches you've started? Not the apostles that roam around, they call themselves apostles. They should call themselves apostates, not apostles. They roam around from church to church criticizing pastors and calling themselves an apostle. It's not what an apostle is. Apostle goes around and starts churches and is over a myriad of churches. Not you roaming around just labeling yourself something. You're only known by your fruit. So if you label yourself something, then there is no fruit. You are a false prophet, a false pastor, a false apostle, because you are known exclusively by your fruit. Exclusively. Not your thoughts about yourself. I think very highly of myself. That's lovely. I'm glad you do. But that's not how you're known by God. You're known by God by what you produce. Period. And you will answer for that. Each one of us, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, each one of us will stand before the throne room of God, before the judgment seat of Christ. Each one of us to give an account of the things done while we were here, good or bad. You are known by your fruit exclusively. You look at Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 15, the great white throne judgment. How are they judged? Well, they're judged according to their heart. No, according to their works, their fruit. Tom, that's not really modern day preaching. We don't really use the word works in our church anymore. Well, you don't preach the Bible. It's all about grace. No, James 2, 24, you see that a person is justified by what he does and not by, not by faith alone. Whoops, because faith and works are identical. You're known by, your label is your fruit. So you're sitting there going, okay, Tom, I'm 58, and I've never led anybody to the Lord. Well, you might want to start now because that's how you're known. See how quiet it is in here? Everybody wants to hear about how saved you are. You're saved. There you go. 
If you've received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and you've turned from your sin, you're saved. All right, is that good? You're going to heaven, is that good? Okay, because that's the end of it. I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. You already know it. Why do you need to hear it over and over and over again? So it keeps you in the exact same complacency that you've been in for the last couple decades? You're known exclusively by your fruit. That's it. So I'm 58 and I've never won a soul. Get busy. Get busy. You only got 62 years left. That's 120, isn't it? Yeah, making sure. A little foggy pre-lunch. For every tree is known by its fruit, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. Christians think they are a grape vineyard, and they're actually a bramble bush. All they do is cause trouble. All they are is thorny. They don't produce any fruit. They think fruit is causing trouble. I went there and I corrected that pastor. whoop de doo What did that do? I, I went to that church and I got offended. Oh, congratulations. Nobody cares. I want to make sure that I get this message across to all the offended. The people that you are offended by don't even know they offended you. Or even if they did, they don't care. You're the only one who cares. If, if you're watching right now, I don't know how many people we got watching right now. There we are. Because there's a lot of people that have been offended, and since there's really no other church like this one, because they go to these other churches and they're nauseated by them, but they got offended here, so now they're watching. I know who you are. Good to see you. Nobody, listen, I'm not worried. I'm looking at the camera right now if anybody's wondering. I'm not worried that I offended you. Not at all. I don't stay awake at night about it right now because Countdown to Christmas has started two days ago on the Hallmark Channel. I'm sitting there watching Hallmark movies and drifting in and out of sleep. Sleep in heavenly peace. I don't worry about it. I'm not worried about the faces that I'm looking at right now that are offended. Nobody cares that you're offended. Nobody. So you might as well just get past it. Offense is not fruit. Being right is not fruit. You're saying so we should just live with being wrong? No, listen. You can be right and be wrong about being right. Believe me, I know I'm an expert in that area. I've handled being right wrongly many times. If you are right and you're mad about it, you're already wrong. If you're right and you're offended, you're already wrong. You're just as wrong as the person that you're mad about being wrong about. Matthew 7, 15 and 16. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their feelings, by their fruit. If, I am amazed watching Christians follow calamity-filled false prophets. I'm like, look at the guy. It's his third wife. His sole income comes from his 
Facebook page, which is like $47 a month. The rest of it comes from his mom, and you call him a prophet? Well, you know, Brother David's, Brother David, let me tell you who Brother David is. Brother David lives in his mommy's basement, eats hot, hot pockets every day of his life. Is 100, 100 pounds overweight, thrice divorced, and all of his kids and all of his ex-wives hate him. And you're following this guy? Because he has come up with some new level of truth to you? So you have those false prophets, but the number one false prophet for every human being is not another human being, it's their own mind. It's called your carnal nature. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Oh, you really are good. You really are a prophet. You really are growing in the Lord. If you are growing in the Lord, there will be souls and there will be miracles. If you are not growing in the Lord, there will be no souls and no miracles. Look at me, which one are you? And Tommy, you're gonna empty out this church. You gotta understand, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. You've got to understand that. This, I will tell you this, with a few other exceptions, like my own pastor, Rodney Howard Brown. Listen, I am not motivated by anything but the Bible. That's it. You're like, Tom, you could never live without pastoring. That's incorrect. God will never let it happen. God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He always, bring, he always has brought me crowds of various sizes. He's always brought me crowds because he wants me to preach the gospel. Nothing I can do about it. I can run all I want to run. It ain't going to happen. God's going God's to tell me you need to be preaching. There's nothing I can do about it. I've tried to run. I've tried. God's like, get back to church. I've told you this a million times, but I've driven away, not really from this building, but I've driven away from the old building 500 times. That's it. It's over. I'm never going back. I hate people and especially Christians. I hate them all. I'm never going back. So if you're like that, you had better learn to not be, a, you, think, you think I'm preaching because I'm above it all or because I've been through it all? When, you, when you've been pastoring a church of 200 plus people for 20 years, I've seen everything. I've seen all the AI that you can imagine. I've seen my own AI many, many times over. But I've learned, you know what? You judge by fruit. People get, people, you, get all, you get these Christians that come in, and they're like, you know, the perfect couple. They've got their perfect Bibles. They're allegedly perfect kids. Usually their marriage isn't that good, but they act like it is. But what fruit are they? And all these pastors will pine over them. Be like, oh, yeah, we, we just get that couple. You know, they tithe. They make, you know, six figures. They tithe. We could just get them. I always look at fruit. I look at the person who tries to fill a row full of people. Not the couple that comes in and looks great and makes all kinds of money and just sits there by themselves for their entire tenure at the church until they finally get offended and move on. You know why people get offended? It's because they're bored. No souls, no miracles, they're bored. So they've gotta have some excitement. All of us need juice. All of us do. Some of you will find it today when you're watching the Bucks. You need juice. 
You need me. You know how meaningless it is? I mean, the Buccaneers, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question. Is Todd Bowles calling you today? <laughs> Head coach of the Bucs, hey, Bill. I'm not picking on anybody named Bill. It's just the first name that came to my mind. <laughs> What'd you think of the game today? And you got all excited for what? It feels like it's something, but it's nothing because there's no fruit. I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself. I'm just saying all that counts is your fruit. That's it. How many souls were saved this year by you? How many diseases were healed? How much, how much, how much benevolent money did you give away this year? You don't, you don't even tithe yet. How are you going to give away money? He's like, Tom, this is a rough church. Yeah, it's a rough church by comparison. This is how they all used to be. As usual, what people do over time is choose religion. They always make wrong decisions. Israel was never supposed to have a king. Moses was never supposed to have an Aaron. Whoops. God was mad at Moses because he needed Aaron. Moses said, I can't go because I don't speak well. I'm not a good orator. So God's, God was, his, quote, God's anger raged against Moses. And then he said, okay, we'll grab Aaron then. That was never supposed to happen. We always choose religion. There's the, we, we, we choose to have mediators between us and God. Why don't you choose a personal relationship with God? Why don't you talk to him all the time? I never, I mean, listen, I know there's a time for corporate prayer. I know that there is. The only person I really ever ask to pray over me is my wife. I really, that's it. I, listen, I deal with God directly. So can you. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy 2, 5. That's it. If you're saved, he is mediating for you through the covenant. Jesus no longer speaks to the Father on your behalf. The covenant does. It's automatic. Whatever you want, you get. If you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Tom, anything? Look at me. Anything. Well, you know, you don't want to go overboard. Why don't you try to go underboard before you ever get to overboard? Why don't you try to get on deck before you're worried about going overboard? You know, and you don't want to go overboard and start believing for Maseratis. Listen, you're four months behind in your mortgage. You need to be believing for something. People are, people are not afraid of wealth. They're afraid of accountability. They're not afraid of healing. They're afraid of accountability. You know, if I really believe for healing, that means a whole lot of other people should have been healed. Correct. If I... If, 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 if I believe for prosperity, then my bills should always be paid, correct. But if I just believe, you know what, you just never know what that crazy God's gonna do, then nothing's my fault. Hands off the wheel. Tom, why are you always talking about false preachers and false Christians and false prophets, why? Numbers 33:55. this is why. And we're still on the message series for the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We're still there. Still in it. So you'll still hear, we'll be going back and forth. Who knows how long, I, I always intend for message series to last like a month and they usually last four months. Seriously. 
Number, why am I always talking about false prophets and false preachers and false Christians? Here it is. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your side, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. Now, what is this talking about? It is talking about people, and this is, by the way, correlates with 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, Paul speaking, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Thorn in the flesh is what? Um, Paul had an eye problem and that required eyes to have. AI, asinine, idiocy. Nowhere in the Bible, Paul having an eye problem, Paul having some sort of medical issue. But Tom, it actually says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, infirmity. Does anybody know what infirmity means? You're like, what it means in America? Yeah, just like if you say perv right now, pervert, where'd your mind go to? <laughs> Pedophile. It's not what a pervert is. A pervert is somebody who just perverts truth. So we've made it pervert, everything, it's all things sexual. Infirmity actually means persecuted. Problems, not sickness. Look at the Hebrew translation or the Greek translation. So an entire theology has been founded upon AI. Paul had some, an eye problem that required eye salve. Oh really? False prophet, Where, where's that Bible verse? It's not in there. Paul's problem was the people that remained. And by the way, many of them were Christians. A lot of the problems in Israel that have happened over the years, whether you go back to the 1930s, all the way today, have been people that are Israelis. Just like most of the problems in America are Americans. You have to, now this is spiritual, we can't drive people away from anything. That's not our, that's not our for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So we're not warring after people. What I'm talking about here is influence. You have to drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you. What existed in your life prior to your salvation? That's gotta go. The old thinking, the old ways, the old statements. Some of you were a negative person before you got saved and you're more negative now. You are always the one who speaks what you call reality into all situations. Well, you know, I just, you know, let's just get down to reality. No, thank you. Let God be true and every man a liar. The word of God trumps your truth. I don't know how we're gonna pay our bills this month. Liar! Drive out that inhabitant from the land. If there are actually, a lot of times you don't really even need to talk about influences in people's lives other than themselves. It's not usually some false prophet. There is. I've seen many of them. I've seen them influence many people. But overall, a person's own mind is their greatest false prophet. And that needs to be driven out from the land or it will harass you in the land where you dwell. Holding you back from souls, miracles, and prosperity. Paul's thorn in the flesh was not some sort of sickness, illness, or disease or infirmity. 
What his, what his thorn in the flesh was, was people. Just like it was here. You correlate Numbers 33:55 with 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Thorns in your sides. Thorn in the flesh. People. It was people. And for not, now, you need to remember something. Back then, everybody wasn't isolated. People actually hung around with other people. Nobody does that anymore. Guilty, too. I mean, I hang around with more people probably than average, but I could hang around with people a lot more than I do. But nobody does that anymore, so we really, now in America, you have to start with you. Because usually there isn't a whole lot of other influences. As people now are satiated by this. They're alone. That, it's, it, the prophets, the false prophets and the prophets of Baal always reveal themselves. Together, alone, alone, together. You know, we're all, you know, because you have a 99.9% survival virus, which is the same as a cold or the same as a flu, we all need to run into our house and be alone together and together alone. Together alone, alone together. They always reveal themselves. That's actually the plan. So really, today, everybody's isolated. There's exceptions. If you're the exception, I'm not talking to you right now. But there's many people in this room, you're spending somewhere in the neighborhood of six hours a day staring at a screen. You know it's you. Don't say it's not. You know it's you. You're staring at a screen all day, scrolling. Is there fruit in that? Zero. Absolutely zero. Wow, you know what? I got three new followers. So now on Facebook, I now have 48 followers. Where just last month I had 38 followers. I've got 10 more now. Nobody cares, especially God. Nobody cares. Everything that people care about, God doesn't care about. God cares about souls, miracles, advancing the kingdom. That's what he cares about. He doesn't really care all that much about you finding a girlfriend or a boyfriend. He'll send them when you're ready. You want one, just say, you want a girlfriend, you want a boyfriend, actually you should be looking for a spouse, so I'll make, I'll, I'll make this better preaching. Lord, I want to be married. Send them when you think I'm ready, Lord. Not when you think you're ready. And God will send the person to you. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Yeah, you have not because you ask not. Ask, and he'll send you the spouse. See how quiet it gets in here? I can make a room dead silent. I, I, I wish that that was a gift of the Spirit. <laughs> Making rooms dead silent. And I'd be like, hey, there's my calling right there, dead silent. <laughs> what happens when you listen to false prophets, including your own mind, the chief false prophet? What happens? Remember something. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So all faith comes from hearing. So your faith is formed by what you hear. So if what you are hearing is lies, understand that that is now your faith. Your faith is lies. You're okay. You know what, don't listen to that guy up there in that flowery blue and black shirt that his wife put out for him. Don't listen, you're okay. That's actually faith. That's the voice that you were listening to. Faith comes by hearing. So your faith is now a lie. There's nobody in here who's okay. 
All of us should be in process. Nobody has arrived. I told you this many times, but if you actually follow me around, you'd be disappointed. How does this work? Let me throw this into some end times things for you. What happens when your faith is lies? On any level. On any level. There's a lot of husbands in this room thinking, man, I'm great. I'm a great spouse. I'm great. Ask your wife. If she's not afraid of you. If not, ask somebody who's around you all the time. Hey, am I a good, am I, do you think I'm a good spouse? See how quiet it gets in here? I told you, it's a gift. It's an absolute gift. I'm not afraid of that question. I'm not a perfect spouse, but I'm not afraid. You can go up to my wife before I can get to her. She certainly is not scared of me. She left me at home today, left me with no car. I got to the church at 10, 12, because I got out and my keys are gone. I have no way to drive here. She had to drive from home, from, takes Norma's car to the house, Pick me up. I've got, to, I've got to buy a car. I've just got to get it. I've got to get it done. <laughs> but just understand that faith comes by hearing. Whatever you are hearing, whatever you are listening to, is your faith. If it's lies, then your faith is lies. If it's truth, then your faith is truth. Look how dangerous this gets. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 9 through 12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. See, a lot of everybody thinks like supernaturally all the time. Like with beast one, beast two. You look right now, lying signs and wonders. You can make a video of people right now and you have no idea whether it's real or not. None. That technology was starting to come out before. My wife used to work at a law enforcement technology company where they were having to come up with programming that could disseminate between AI, and I mean this time artificial intelligence, between AI and, and actual video. You have no idea. We played one on the podcast. You have a car burning in the middle of the street. You could not distinguish that being fake or real. I know it used to be that way, but you can't distinguish it. So now as you're looking at the coming of the Lord drawing nigh, don't just think of it as, you know what, beast one, beast two, that they're just gonna do these miracles like Jesus-style miracles. It could all be absolutely AI fake. And nobody would know. Everything is a lie that comes from the world. Even their truth is lies. This amount of people die of cancer every year, they never need, that doesn't need to be. Nobody ever needs to die of sickness, illness, or disease, so that's a lie. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Still in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Why do they perish? And like, Tom, nobody talks about these verses. That's because most Christians aren't saved. I hate to tell you. I am pulling up videos right now. I don't know what I'm gonna do with them. Of pastors preaching and embracing outright sin, namely homosexuality, 
because they want to appear compassionate. And they actually say, Jesus would show them Jesus. What does that even mean? I'm gonna put a bullet through my own head. What are you ta- What does that even mean? That we need to show them Jesus. By what? Telling them that they're going to heaven when they're going to hell? He that saith unto the wicked, thou art righteous. Him shall the people curse. Nations shall abhor him. Proverbs 24, 24. You know how I memorized that verse? It's really funny. The Christmas season is upon us. So I use little tricks to memorize Bible verses. So that's Proverbs 24, 24. So it's, they're like, Tom, you're, see, I, I, you're like, how do you just drift from being screaming at us? I'm not really screaming at you. I'm just screaming. But to now joking, because that's just too, because I, I don't really take it all that seriously. I mean, it's your decision. You're gonna, there's nothing I can do whether you're gonna, embrace the, you're gonna embrace the word of God or you're not, it's up to you. But this is how I memorize the verse. So at the, you know, so he that saith unto the wicked, thou art righteous. Here I made, a, I made it like a Christmas, verse, a Christmas song. He that, saith unto the, he that saith unto the wicked, thou art righteous. Him shall the people curse, nation shall abhor him. I did, that's how I memorized it. Made a little Christmas jingle at the back end of it. You're like, Tom, that mind yours, I know, it's wild. It, I mean... That's how I memorized it. Him shall the people curse, nation shall abhor him. <laughs> it's not that, listen, it's not that, there's no use in being sad or downtrodden or melancholy or ominous. The coming of the day of the Lord. I know the day of the Lord's coming. I'm not worried about the day of the Lord. I'm going to fly up. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away. I'm not worried about it. When I die, hallelujah, my, my, I'll fly away. There you go. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I, I, yeah. I've done so. Listen, there, there was nobody else singing in this church for what, the first how many years? I don't know how many years. Five, six years? Five or six years, it was me. And when I dragged Hope and made her come up and harmonize with me. <laughs> Nobody desires the spotlight less than my wife, believe me. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because why do they perish? Is where I left off. Because they did not receive the truth? Nope. Because they did not receive the love of the truth. You have to love the truth. If the truth is that you are losing, then that's the truth. If the truth is that you're a lousy parent or a lousy kid, a lousy pastor, a lousy congregate, a lousy Christian, or a great Christian, or a great pastor, or a great parent, whatever the truth is, you have to love it. I love the truth. In all other practical areas of life, you go into the dentist and they say, you know what, I've had this recently when my tooth just broke in half. Um, I'm like, <laughs> some of you can't hear. I got a comment from the peanut gallery that's because of, of the candy that I consume. But I don't go into the dentist and the dentist goes, hey, your tooth's broken half. No, 
Half the tooth is gone. I swallowed it. It's gone. I mean, it's... it's Unless I can gird up my faith and start believing for a reformation of my tooth, which, I, which could happen, but I just, in this case, I didn't do that. You, you, people don't go, you know, I'm just gonna deny the truth. You love that truth. You're like, you know what, that's the truth. I need to get my tooth fixed. But in other areas of life that are absolutely true, people will deny it. You are setting yourself up to walk away from God because God is truth. He is the way, the truth and the light. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now, here's the thing you need to understand. You can, you can take this or leave this because this is just my opinion. But whenever you see God harden the heart of Pharaoh, God sends a strong delusion it's really a response to God, less than him deluding people or hardening their heart. It is a response. It's a virile response to God. Anybody in here not like somebody, raise your hand. I'll put both mine up. Some of you, you're ridiculous. You know there's people you don't like. You're just afraid to raise your hand because you don't think it's Christ-like. You know, let me try it again. How many in here have somebody in your life you don't like? There we go, there you go, there you go. Tom stands to his feet. It's okay to not like people. It really is. Right now in this church, I'm actually, this is one of the very few times in this time, in this church, there's actually no one here I don't like. Seriously, I may not know you, so I don't, maybe if I got to know you, I wouldn't like you. But I mean, I'm just telling you. Right now, there's no, usually there's somebody in the church, I'm like, really? I can't stand that person. This is one of the very few times I'm enjoying this time of the land of milk and honey where there's actually nobody here that I don't like. It's nice. It really is nice. I'm not saying there aren't a few of you that annoy me on occasion. I'm just saying there's nobody here that I don't like. It's okay to not like people. It's not okay to not love people. You still have to love them, which, by the way, a lot of times loving them is telling them about the reasons why you don't like them, including your spouse. This only happened one time, and Hope and I have been married 27 years. Coming, I think we're coming up on 28. Or we're coming up on 27. I don't know which one. I have to do the math. But anyway, there was this one time where, where she had made me mad. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> this is years ago. She had made me mad in one particular situation. And I was like, I didn't even know it really, but I was like holding a grudge. I had like a grudge going on. And she was innocent of what I thought she did, but not in my mind. But anyway, it was really stupid stuff. It really was, okay, I'll tell you what it was. So, I'll just keep it short. I'll keep it short. No, so I'm gonna keep it real short. It's really, what it was, was we were actually on a long trip and we were driving home. And I thought that she was trying to basically get us to go from one area without stopping 
to like punish me because we had already gotten in a previous argument. All right, and I had acted really poorly actually. So I thought, you know, she's just gonna, she's trying to, you know, we're gonna just drive straight home. And you know, she's gonna, she wants, she's gonna stay awake the whole time. I'm gonna about, it's like 30, we're like 30 hours away. So we're gonna go 30 hours straight. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll drive 30 hours straight. <laughs> and the whole time that really wasn't her motive at all, but that's how I read that it was her motive. And she never acknowledged that it was her motive. So I was like mad at her, but I didn't even know I was mad at her. So there was like, he came up, finally kind of came to the service, and I was like, you know, I don't even like you right now. <laughs> of course, I was completely wrong. But I mean, and that's what, and by the way, some of you need to like practice that. Do you hear what I just said? I was completely wrong. Some of you need to go to your spouse, not just act like it didn't happen, like all the COVID caving pastors are doing now. Let's just all pretend like we never closed. Let's all pretend that I wasn't a vaccine whore. Let's just all move on. Now that we find out that people are dying all over the place, they've calculated now, if you're listening to people out of Australia, out of New Zealand, out of all the studies that are coming out now, they're estimating 17 million people have died so far of the vaccinations. 17 million. That's not from me. That is a, that is a calculation that's being pulled from everybody's CDCs now. So we're all gonna sit here and we're gonna pretend like we never did those things. We never actually had horn players on the stage with masks on, with slits cut on them. We're all gonna pretend we never lived in that asinine idiocy of standing six feet apart. What does that do? Remember, you ever think about it? There was people walking around with hula hoops on. We've got all the videos. People doing water aerobics in bubbles? In their plexiglass inside the pool? AI, baby. Asinine idiocy. And all these pastors are like, they're pretending like that never happened? What you should come out and say to your congregation is, I was absolutely wrong. I'm sorry for what I did. I would. And for this reason, why are these people, why are these people vulnerable to a great strong delusion? Because they don't love the truth. You gotta love the truth. If you put on weight, you put on weight. Oh, it's the dryer. No, it's not the dryer. It's you. It's you. Listen, procrastinators always know what time it is. Fat people always know what you weigh. I've lost the same 40 pounds. And some, I say 40, but a lot of times it's been 50, 60 pounds. I've lost over and over and over and over again. So I notice, I notice all these things. I mean, I, I notice them. I never make excuses. I have lots of faults and failings, but I do not make excuses. I do not live in lies. That daggum dryer, Hope. I just don't get it. I just don't. I used to button up right here. Doesn't button up here no more. It's because you put on chest fat. That's why. <laughs> it's the truth. That's the truth. You have to love it. I didn't, by the way, it's just like liking or not liking people. 
You don't have to like the truth. You have to love the truth. What are you struggling with right now? It's true or it's not true. Are you struggling with it or not? If it's true, then you go, you know what? That's what's true. I love that truth. Not that I love the struggle, but that's what's true. Now I can deal with it. Instead of living in denial about it. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion. What's some strong delusions? Um, a person in the womb is not a person. How is a person not a person? Strong delusion. That I'm going to drive around in my electric vehicle not emitting CO2, even though they do emit CO2. Not emitting CO2, and I'm saving the world by doing it. What charged those batteries? Um, the same fossil fuels that you would normally be burning in your car. So it's a net wash AI. Believing you're saving the world because you aren't burning fossil fuels, you're not emitting CO2, when the very thing that enables you to drive around was CO2. How can you be that dumb? It's a delusion. Open borders are closed borders. There, there are people, I watch you like, Tom, this is political. It's like nothing to do with political. I would, I'd, I'd, put a, I'd, I'd show a Republican doing it too. But there's, there's videos of politicians, which I can name because I have them all in my head right now, that are saying the border is closed. How is the border closed? In 20, at the end of 2020, 8,000 people a month were crossing the southern border illegally, 8,000 a month. Now it's 10,000 a day. 200 to 300,000 a month across the southern border. And you'll have the Biden administration say the border's closed. How's the border closed? Strong delusion. A 99.9% .9 survival virus is a 99.9% .9 unsurvival virus. Delusion. It's delusions inside the church where you have all of this going on where people can't, let me see now, does this sound like a Bible verse? Can't buy sell, trade, or travel without a vaccine passport and nobody outside of Pittsburgh, Tampa, and Northport are preaching about it? On the globe? Look at me, on the freaking globe. You think those people are gonna make it to heaven? They're gonna put a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. They'll do it when the air conditioning turns off. So they're all trying to, I don't mean to sidetrack on this, but what's happening right now is they're trying to leverage you into their one world commerce system, the singular access point. That's why, the infl that's why inflation's so high. Nobody can afford anything. What's a house cost in America? You have, you have I don't, listen, if you get offended by this because you voted for Joe Biden, listen, I'm gonna tell you something. You're voting for the deaths of 40 million children per year. So you can, you can, you can believe that you're saved all that you want. They tout these Bidenomics. Bidenomics? Okay. The average home cost in America now, average, average is $416,000 per home. Look at me now. That's not me. That's the Biden administration. That's their own numbers. 
You have to be making, to buy the average house in America now, a minimum of $114,000 per year. Some of you already know this because you've been trying to buy a house. That's on purpose. So they can get you into your 20 by 20 cubicle in a 15-minute city, and they can turn your finances on and off as they see fit. That is not politics. It is the book of Revelation unfolding right before your very eyes, and nobody's preaching it. And you should be preaching it because the body of Christ should be restraining it, not complying with it. I just can't wait to get my Tesla so I can save the world. You're an, you're an AI. It makes no sense. None. A woman is a man. A man is a woman. Delusion. A strong delusion. You're either a guy or you are a girl. You got an X or a Y chromosome, and that is it. Sorry. A tree, again, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. It's like I said about trees known by fruit. It doesn't matter what you feel like on the inside. What's the fruit? You can picture that for yourself. Why do you talk so much about false prophets? Because I'm concerned for you. There's probably, it's usually over 300 people watching. I'm concerned, because nobody will tell. How then can they call upon the one they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching them? How, how do you know what's true and what's not? Are, is your faith, faith comes by hearing, is your faith being built on lies? Well, you know what, when the homosexuals come into our church, we need to, uh, we need to accommodate them. Um, they need to feel like they're okay in God and that their, that their walk, uh, their, their faith walk is solid, it's impossible. It's, uh, you can't have a liar come into the church either. Well, we need to accommodate the liars. We need the liars feel like, make them feel like they're safe. I'll use the one that everybody, that this is the one that all Christians believe that this is sin, the child traffickers. All other sin is okay in the modern church, but you bring up child traffickers and then everybody sets up. All of it's sin. If, you're, if, if you do everything else but you gossip, you're gonna die and go straight to hell for it. Look at me, straight to hell for it. An unrepentant sin. I don't care what, I almost said a preacher's name. I don't care what Calvinism tells you because Calvinism is not in the Bible. You don't believe me? Galatians 5, 19 through 21. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, Revelation 21, 8, all kinds of lists of sin. I got it all. I mean, I got it all, I mean, I just, I got it all going, you know. I've, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I go to every Christian conference. I go to every Chris Tomlin concert there ever is. <laughs> but you rip Christians behind their back. You can die and go straight to hell for it. It's a fact. Because you're listening to a false prophet. And that's that gray matter between your ears, the most powerful false prophet there is. Some of you live in lack, you live in lack, you live in lack, you live in lack, whatever that lack may be, lack of money, lack of friendship, lack of love, whatever it is. The reason why you live in lack is because you're listening to a false prophet. 
God would never have you live in lack, ever. A lot of you have a miserable marriage because you are listening to a false prophet. I'm concerned for you. My way of showing concern, my son will always tell me, Dad, if you weren't preaching, you'd be a football coach. My way of showing concern for you is not soft words. God's called you here. You can leave an offense and waste the next decade if you want. You leave the church God has called you to, you're wasting a decade minimum. Minimum, you're wasting your life. You're like, no, there's plenty of other churches. No, no, God has called you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. He has given you your church. He's illuminated that path, and you chose to walk in a dark path. I don't care if a church is on the dark path. It's still a dark path. A lot of you are thinking, man, that blows it up because, man, I was never coming back here. God, listen, if God's called you here, you're stuck. You're stuck. Listen, you have free will and you can go. Nobody's going to stop you. And I'm not going to stay awake at night worrying about you. But you're wasting your life. You're like, there's people watching right now. I know, I know you're watching. That's you. That's you. You're wasting your life because God has called you here, but you got offended. During COVID, you guys just weren't as compassionate as I like. How do you, what do you want me to be compassionate? How do you want me to say compassionate things about hell? How, what, what, how, how compassionate do you want me to be about stupid? SIS, stuck and stupid. What do you, what do you want me to say? How, how, how can you be nice? Um, so, you're living in fornication? You might, my oh my. You, you know what, you, you're gonna be spending eternity in a place called Hades? Is that what you do? Is that nicer? Does that make the person feel better? Because I didn't use the word hell, I used Hades. Uh, what? There's no way to speak the truth in an accommodating fashion for people who wanna live in lies. It will always be offensive, whether you say it with a soft tone, in a preacher tone, in a teacher tone, in a professorial tone, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. They don't love the truth. Why do I talk so much about false prophets? Matthew 24, 10 through 13. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. Will they be part of the strong delusion? Remember, salvation means something different in the Bible than it does in religious Christianity. What does it mean in the Bible? Enduring until the end. Not you said a sinner's prayer. If you said a sinner's prayer, you've turned from your sin. If you got struck by lightning right now, you're going to heaven. Okay, you are saved, but you have to endure until the end. Tom, that's not what John Calvin says. John Calvin was burning Christians at the stake. Please understand that. He's burning Armenian Christians at the stake. So you're gonna listen to that guy? It's like listening to Anthony Fauci. Who, by the way, I make jokes about that garden gnome, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. That man is responsible for countless millions of deaths. And there's many others along with him. 
And I could name names, but then I'd spend the next, well, that's already 12.02, holy moly. I'd spend the next 13 minutes, because that's what I'm going to be done in 13 minutes, talking about that. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. And, if, and, and in the older translations, this is the NIV, the older, this is the one I memorized it in, but the older translations is, at that time, many will be offended. Better watch being offended. You can be right, but you never need to be offended. You could have me trumped. And you know what? Tom said the wrong thing, and he's off track, and you come up and tell me. And we, have, we agree to disagree or whatever it may be, or we just disagree, and you're like, well, I'm offended. Okay, you're, you may be factually correct, and as I said earlier, but you are morally wrong because you are now offended. There's no need to be offended. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Because of the increase of wickedness, the low, oh, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's why I'm concerned. When I see an entire body of Christ, you're like, Tom, get past the COVID thing. Nope, not until I see worldwide repentance. If I see worldwide repentance, I'll stop talking about it. I promise you, I'll stop. I haven't seen one COVID-caving pastor repent yet. I hear them say things like, well, you know, we dealt with that for a while, but you know, that we, we learned that that was not right. That's not repenting. You were closed for 12 months. You sowed seed of fear and antichrist into your church, and you've never said you were wrong. Doesn't cut it that we've just moved on. Does that work in a marriage? Why do we always do things in the body of Christ that are not practical and nonsensical and illogical? Does that move on in a marriage? Oh, we're just gonna move on. Does that work for you? I mean, yeah, does it? In my house, my wife is more inclined to move on. We don't move on from squat. We're gonna talk about it. Now. I'll just move on. See how quiet it gets in here? You're talking about marriage, boy. I should talk about tithing. It gets even quieter. Those are the two big things. You talk about marriage, you talk about money, and the church goes dead silent. If you don't tithe, okay, enjoy the Biden economy because that's what you are. That's what you get. I don't participate in the Biden economy. All I've done is profit over the last 43 months of 15 days to fatten the curve. What may, I'll close with this. What makes us so vulnerable? I got a 10-minute closing. So this is the first closing. <laughs> I really am going to stick with 12, 12, 15. So again, do, everybody model it. Show them. Come on, Foundation Church people, show them. Push up. <laughs> Scoot butt cheeks to the right or to the left, and you get the fresh cushion. Get the fresh foam. That's all you got to do. What makes us so vulnerable? What makes us so vulnerable to delusion? Tom, are you saying that there's areas right now in my life that I'm delusional? Why won't you say that? There is. How do you find out? Yet you have not because you ask not. Go ask God. Go ask your spouse. Would you do that? I mean, seriously, look them in the eye. You can do it right now. Go ahead. Hun, what areas in my life am I delusional? Tell you, are turning opposite directions right now. And some of you are like these love makers in church. 
You're just like all over each other in church. I'm not talking about you got your arm around your wife. Or you're, I'm just talking about you just, you're actually doing it to hide. Oh, it's okay. We don't need to talk about the delusion stuff. Your wife's going, man, I wish we would talk about the delusion stuff. But I do. I know there is, but I want to root it out. Because I love the truth. Even, even, even when the truth hurts me. I love the truth. And listen, a lot of times, it doesn't hurt me. But sometimes it does hurt me. The truth hurts. I've had many times where God has said, listen, all the times that I quit the church. God's like, you're not quitting. God, I'm, it's over. I'm telling you right now, it's over. God's like, no. God, it's over. I told you, I came out. It was in the old building. It was in December of 2016, I think it was, or 15. I'm like, went to Hope the night before. I said, you know what? I'm pulling all, I got some SO people in here. They know what I'm talking about. I'm going to the FRS, pulling all my money out. We're moving to Tennessee. <laughs> this month. Because <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to pastor anymore. I'm going to go get us a cabin on the side of a mountain. I'll go work in some hardware store, whatever it is. I don't care. <laughs> some of you are like, Tom, you could never live like that. The only reason why I couldn't live like that is because God compels me to preach. But the thing is, other than that, all the accoutrements of pastoring, notice how they don't exist at this church? Where's the clicks, the games, and the money grubbing? Where, where are the special seats on the stage where I have my pastoral counsel? Where's Pastor Appreciation Day? I don't need any of it. I don't do any of it. I don't want you to elevate me above another. Listen, when, when you're in this building, make no mistake, I'm in charge. When I'm at your house, you're in charge. But he, I run in my lane, and that's it. That's all that I, you can ask any of my friends in here. I run in my lane. I don't call Jeff Tomas and say, hey, Jeff, it's Pastor. People are actually stunned at times because I call them on the phone and I say, hey, it's Tom. It's Tom. From, I always say, hey, it's Tom from church. And they're like stunned for a minute, stunned. Like, uh, 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 it's Tom from church. It's okay, I'm just a person just like you. No different. But what makes us so vulnerable to deception? What makes us so vulnerable to delusion? Here it is in closing. Told you, closing. Six minutes. Romans 12, 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, here it is, are you ready? This is just as much a concrete principle as you're known by your fruit exclusively. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. You need to think of yourself in, in the same terms that God does. How does God think of you? Join heir, son or daughter of the living God. That's the truth. But also, there's areas that need to be corrected. We have a predisposition to failure. It's called a sinful nature. 
There's nothing you can do about it. That sinful nature can be overcome. How? The verse that precedes Romans 12, 3. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Pattern of this world is to scroll this freaking thing six hours a day. You will not renew your mind that way. You will usher in anxiety and depression that way. You realize that? Your mind is not designed to scroll images. All the sexual dysfunction that's going on in this world. There was, when I was growing up, there was no Cialis commercials. Why is it now? Because men are looking at porn 24-7, scrolling images. No woman in the world can match up with that. See how quiet it gets in here? If you are a man that's never struggled with pornography in this room, you are the exception. And I'm not that exception. I have struggled with it. I'm past it now, but I've struggled with it. It's not, it is not healthy to scroll images 24-7. It is part of your captivity. It is part of your delusion. Separate yourself from that thing for several hours a day, minimum. People wonder why. Why doesn't he call me back? I don't even have it with me. Every, every waking second, I've got to have it, right? I've got to have it. Got to have it. Got to have it. Got to have it. I used to love at the sheriff's office when the computers would break. There was, I could do whatever I wanted. Nobody knew where I was, didn't have to sign out. I could do whatever I wanted. I like freedom. This thing's listening to me right now. I'm talking about getting off the devices, so I guarantee you, if I was to go on Facebook, which I never do anymore, but if I went on Facebook, I'm gonna hear there's gonna be advertisements about how great phones are. It's listening to me right now. We have a predisposition to failure. Doesn't mean you have to fail. It's called a carnal nature. Please read, when you get home today, Romans chapter eight, starting in verse five, which you hear me quote all the time around here. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The sinful mind is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile toward God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. Brethren, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. We don't have to live that way. We are inclined towards failure because we never allow our mind to be renewed. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here goes the delusion. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Should I leave this church or should I not? You shouldn't make that decision unless you have a renewed mind. You don't have a renewed mind if you've been chasing bouncing balls around your whole adult life. What are you talking about? I'm talking about all those Christians that get sidetracked by sports. 
You don't have a renewed mind when your whole life is, when's the next game? And now you're gonna leave your church, you're gonna stop praying, stop Bible study, stop doing the things you're supposed to do because a ball bounces around? And you make fun of like animals that follow balls around, look how silly they are, look how silly they are, it's you, it's you. Listen to this, closing. Closing number three. <laughs> Numbers 15, 39. I'm gonna read Numbers 15, 39. I'm gonna read a couple verses out of Titus. We're going home. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. Don't consider them. Don't get counsel about them. Do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. I prayed that either last night or this morning. All the nights and mornings blur into me because I go to bed at four o'clock in the morning. You went to bed at four o'clock in the morning, Tom? Yeah, four o'clock in the morning. I got up at uh, 7.30. It has no effect on me. Sleep has no effect on me at all. Only food. No food, grouchy. No food and no sleep, no problem. None at all. I prayed that either last night or this morning. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry for my harlotry. And that you may not follow. You keep the commandments of the Lord so that you don't follow the harlotry to which your own heart. Look how God is talking. Yeah, that's how God talks. That's, that's God. The soft-spoken, watered-down gospel that you hear is actually idolatry. It's heresy. This is God. You may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own, and your own eyes are inclined. You know what? It's true. I, have a pre, I am predisposed until my mind is renewed to follow every shining light. Oh, look how interesting that is. <laughs> Finishing with this. I'm gonna read Titus 1, 9 through 11. Holding fast, Actually, one th uh, 9 through 14. I'll read them fast. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he, may, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Is that you? Are you winning people to the Lord? For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, the religious folk which religious folk today are the people who are preaching a watered-down gospel, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching th things which they ought not with filthy lucre's sake. Now here's what I'm closing with. Worship team, make your way. Do you, those of you that are watching, and those of you that are new to this church, or you're here for the first time and you're thinking, I'm never coming back, listen. Do you go to this type of church, this type of assembly? Listen, here it is, and we're finished. Titus 1, 13 and 14. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. Um, we don't do that at a church. That's because you preach heresy. Because you preach a false humanistic love. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. You can ask people that work in this church. 
If you work for this church, you need to understand something. Like for Aaron and I, this church is it. So you're either going to be perfect or you ain't working here. We'll rebuke you sharply. Do you go to this type of church? Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. How do they become sound in the faith? Rebuked sharply. Not condescended to. Not being nasty to. Not being accommodating to. Rebuked sharply. Do you do that, Tom? Yeah, you know, I've told many guys in marriage counseling, you know, you're a horrible husband. You're not good. That's rebuking them sharply. You know why? Because they're a horrible husbands. So you know what they need to hear? They're a horrible husband. Not, you know what, I know you're trying really hard. No, they're not. That's why you're a horrible husband. If you're actually trying hard, you wouldn't be a horrible husband. So why are you lying to them in the name of Jesus? Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. That's the type of church you need to be attending. Otherwise, you may end up with a mark on your right hand or on your forehead because you're being lied to and that lie has become your faith because faith comes by hearing. Understand it. And I sell this to you and I know I've been preaching this a lot lately and it's just what God has told me to preach. Make sure, make sure that you don't have a false prophet living between your ears. You should have the word of God and whatever the word of God says and the voice of the spirit says, that's what's true. And the voice of the spirit is gonna back the word of God. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Aaron, make some noise, would you? Sit quiet here. Are you? Yeah. And we need the piano turned on, guys. Thank you. See, even this is not somber to me. This is a call for salvation. I know I have everybody's head bowed and every eye closed. It doesn't mean you have to be somber. Where are you at with God this morning, this afternoon? Where are you at? You're like, Tom, you do this every Sunday. Isn't it like religion? No, because here's the thing. This is an opportunity that needs to be given every day. It's not religious to get up every day and eat, is it? Where do you stand with God? It's very simple. Either your sins are forgiven or they are not. If you're a Christian and you've fallen back into a lifestyle of sin, I didn't say struggling with sin, I said concession to sin, a lifestyle to sin, you will bear the brunt of those sins. You will pay the price for those sins. And that's hell. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to, know, to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. That's you. If you're living in sin and you call yourself believer. And maybe at one time you were righteous. But living in sin makes you unrighteous. It's the way that it is. That's the Bible. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. 
If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. John 15, 6. You have become estranged from Christ. You attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. Galatians 5, 4. I could go on and on and on and on. Tom, I learned the opposite. You learned a lie and that became your faith because faith came by hearing. So if you're living in sin, even if you call yourself believer, this salvation call is for you. Maybe you've never been saved. This call, this call, this salvation call is for you. What does saved mean? It means that you take all of your sin and you lump it onto the shoulders of the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah named Jesus. You put it on his shoulders and you say, Lord, I receive you as the propitiation, the sacrifice for my sin. I receive it. I receive your forgiveness through what Jesus did on the cross. He who is innocent took all of the sin of all of mankind, mine, yours, and everybody else, and he bore it for us, and you receive that by faith, and your sins are no longer attributed to you. They're attributed to Jesus. He paid the price. And then he went down to hell and grabbed the keys of death, hell, and the grave so that you will never have to go there. That's salvation. You don't have to be a member of the Catholic Church, the Presbyterian Church, Foundation Church, Church of the Nazarene, Baptist Church, Pentecostal Church, Church of Christ, Church of God. None of that matters. What matters is, are your sins forgiven? Are your sins forgiven? That's it. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is the last thing we're doing this morning. This is it, and we're going home. This is it. If you need to get your life right with God, you need to have your sins forgiven. Now is your moment. Now is your moment. You shouldn't be raising your hands every week. If you have to get things right this morning, then get them right, but you shouldn't be raising your hands every week. So if you need to get your life right and your sins forgiven, right where you are sitting. Now listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this as easy for you as I can. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not taking you to a back room. Nobody's gonna know but me, you, and God. That's it. It's between me, you, and God. You're not gonna have to leave your seat. Nobody's gonna know. Right where you are at. If you know that it's you and you know that your sins need to be forgiven, stretch your hand up in the air right where you're at. Stretch it up right where you're at. Do it boldly now. Do it boldly. I got you. I'm looking. It's just me, you, and God. I'm your witness. I got you. I got you. I got you. You can put them down. God bless you. Those of you who lifted up your hands, we're going to pray this prayer out loud. The entire church is going to pray it with you. But you direct your prayers completely and totally to God, solely to God and your sins, they're gone, and you are what is called saved and born again. Everybody, pray this prayer out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them, and I give you my life from this day on, in Jesus' name. Church shouts. That's it. See, it's easy, right? Stand with me. Praise you, Lord. Every hand in the air, if you need prayer today, our prayer teams will meet 
at both sides of the stage. If you need prayer for anything, make sure that you stick around and be prayed over. Don't leave if you need prayer. Lord, I pray this. Receive this prayer. Speaking of prayer, Lord, I receive out of the kingdom of heaven, out of the covenant of Jesus, for me and for every single person in this room, from this date, what is the date today? The 22nd? From October 22nd to October 29th, the greatest week of our lives. Dreams coming true, visions being fulfilled, bodies being healed, bills being paid, bank accounts being full, prosperity, healing, victory. I loose it on this congregation this week in Jesus' name. Church shouts. God bless you. Love you.